Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the College Gridiron Show. This is Season 2, Episode 2. You know who's here. It's Jimmy Sullivan, Matt Costantini. We're back again. Another exciting week of college football coming up following a really good week of college football. Great week one. Um, there's a lot of stuff to get to. Some some surprises, some upsets, and some massive disappointments. Um, I think we have to start where, where we ended last week, I think, with the Notre Dame-Michigan game. I'm obviously very happy, as I know you are. Wisconsin won one week one. So yeah. they, they're still staying in the hard, hard in that top five. Still getting first place I'm just happy we moves. didn't lose to Western Kentucky. Exactly. That's, that's more than anything. That's what I'm happy about. So this, this Notre Dame-Michigan game, this was supposed to be one of, if not the biggest game of the weekend, correct? Yeah. Probably the biggest one, aside from maybe Washington-Auburn, yeah. And... It just never really lived up to it. Notre Dame went up big early, and then they just kind of took their foot off the gas, and Michigan never got going. They out, Notre Dame outscored Michigan in the first half 21 to 10, and then it finished 24-17. It, I mean, it got exciting in the last in the fourth quarter, but no one really looked outstanding. Shea Patterson looked okay in his first start, uh, but other than that, they didn't really have anyone to go on, and Notre Dame, like I said, they came out explosive in that first half, playing in front of the home fans at night against a big rivalry team like Michigan is and used to be. Of course they're going to come out excited and hyped up and, and just ready to play smash-mouth football, and they look great in the first half, don't get me wrong, but then they kind of just felt blah at the end. And these are two teams that I think their quarterbacks are going to be a big part of how far they go. Like Notre Dame last year, I don't want to say Brandon Wimbush held them back, but there were times when he he did. I would. Like especially the Miami game when they pulled him out and they put Ian Book in. And Michigan, I really expected Shea Patterson to play better. I really did. I mean, I don't remember his exact stat line. I don't have it in front of me, but it's not great. I mean, if you have it, yeah, right. yeah, you have it. Uh, Twenty of thirty, two hundred twenty-seven yards, seven point six average, no touchdowns, interception, a lost fumble, thirty-two point four QB. They had, I mean, the short passing game for them was pretty good, but I think now I saw a stat and people are starting to freak out about Harbaugh because Brady Hoke in his first forty games at Michigan, twenty-seven and thirteen. Jim Harbaugh's first forty games, twenty-eight and twelve. <laughs> yep, and people are really like, oh, this guy can't be a college football head coach. He's going to jump to the NFL. He's not that good. I think the problem, more than anything, if we're talking about Harbaugh, is that he picked the absolute worst time to be a head coach in the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. There are five or six great teams every single year in that conference, and he is probably the fifth or sixth best coach. And I just think, I don't know, I think a lot of the panic for Michigan fans is probably justified because this team might be going right back down the same path they did last year. But honestly, I mean, they play a tough schedule. Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame's a really good team. I think they're 10 and 11 wins. That defense played really, really well on Saturday, and I think they're going to have a great rest of the year. They don't have to play Georgia. They don't have to play Michigan State. Uh, I think I said that last week. They don't. So that's huge. And they're going to have, like, a couple of really huge games. And if they win those, they're in the playoff. So, like, you shouldn't be ashamed if you're Michigan of losing to Notre Dame. However, with Harbaugh and with all the – hypercharged atmosphere right now around Michigan. People are going to freak out every time they lose and, and call for his head, and it's already started. I, I know I mentioned this last week, and I think it's going to be kind of my hill to die on for the rest of the season, is I do think that 
based on performance, this will be Jim Harbaugh's last season in Michigan. Whether he gets fired or whether he jumps the ship to go to the NFL is on him. But I think I saw a stat at the end of the game on NBC. They showed a, a graphic that Jim Harbaugh is 2-2 two and two in his season openers. Yeah. I don't know if that's just unlucky with scheduling and, and him getting really, really good, tough teams to start the year or just him not having his team ready to perform or him not having the right guys at his team to win those games. But any of those ways, it's a problem. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is. He was this he's this guy that was supposed to come in and be the savior and be the guy that's going to return Michigan football to the heights that it once was, and it's just not happening. And I know we talked ad nauseum about Michigan last week, so I kind of want to switch on to Notre Dame. Is you're right, their defense did look very, very, very good in that in this game. But I think you hit it right on the head in the opener, talking about Brandon Wimbush holding this team back. They're going to go as far as he takes them this year. Yep. They don't have a Josh Adams to rely on in the in the running game this year. Um, Brandon Wimbush led the team in carries, led the team in rushing yards as well. Um, the next closest guy was Jafar Armstrong. He had 15 carries for 35 yards. He did have two touchdowns, but you don't love that that average yard per game or yard per rush, excuse me. So it's going to be interesting to see what this offense looks like with so much turnover, especially this season, losing a guy like Equinemius St. Brown, who I wish all the best in the NFL because he was a monster at Notre Dame, and I think he got a little bit short-sighted in the draft, and really good I, I hope yeah. he does well. But this this Notre Dame team, I do agree with you. I think that they are justifiably a top-10 team, as we'll get to later the, in this episode. And I think that they can really only go up. You mentioned it. Their schedule's not overly difficult, and the few difficult games they have will really be benchmarks for them to rise up these rankings. And yes, they're going to have a really tough road ahead of them to top some of these teams, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, Ohio State, and the like of those. But I don't know how you can deny a Notre Dame team that's 11-1, 12-0, beating Stanford, USC at some point. Yeah, and Virginia Tech they also have on the road too. And if Virginia Tech doesn't screw it up, they might both be undefeated going into that game if honestly, they win that. Honestly, I think... I, I'm sure we'll talk about that game at some point as it approaches, but I think right now that's a game that Notre Dame will most likely lose. Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think I'm ready to say that now, but I'll have to see more of them because I, I guess that we can kind of transition into the rest of the games of this weekend, and I know we weren't really planning on it, but now that we're talking about Virginia Tech, why not? Their defense looked scary good. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that's because Florida State's super bad like I thought they'd be. Their their offensive line looks as bad as it was last year. DeAndre Francois has shown me absolutely nothing to think that he's a starting caliber quarterback. But Virginia Tech's defense, minus Tremaine Edmonds, is still really, really good. It's freaky. And they lost seven starters due to either graduation or stupid from the offseason. So... There were some questions of the guys coming back, but they're just raw athletes. And if you look at the way they play under Bud Foster, too, the way that they set the edge is unbelievable. Florida State was trying all this, like, rinky-dink, jet sweep stuff, and Virginia Tech was having none of it. 
And part of it was Florida State's offense because that game probably could not have been a worse debut for Willie Taggart. And I'm a big no. Willie Taggart guy too, but that that was awful. And they had their chances too. They had one. They got down to the one-yard line, and there was a play where it looked like the guy might have crossed the goal line. And they didn't review it. They ran up to the line quick. I remember that play, yes. Ran three plays, lost 10 yards, missed the field goal. And then they had another one where they were down to the five, and they didn't punch it in, and they wound up fumbling at the end of the game when they needed when they needed a touchdown. And then there was another one where they got down to, like, the nine or the eight, and they wound up settling for a field goal. So they had their chances in that game. Like, that game was closer than it seems because Virginia Tech didn't really take it so much as Florida State just gave it to them. It's going to be a long year in Tallahassee. Like, I, that's a six- or seven-win team, I think, the way they looked the other night. I really like you bring up that play that where they should have challenged it, they didn't, because I'm not sure if that's some trepidation out of Willie Taggart not wanting to be a little bold in his first game at Florida State, but the even the announcers on ESPN were incredulous that they didn't at least stop the hurry-up. Yeah. And you know how try easy, to get yeah. a look at that play. You know how easy it is for them to like phone down and say, "Hey, don't run the play yeah, right away." Exactly. Like, we we have some replays here. You know. And I think the play calling on that series as well, especially down on the goal line, was just terrible. They ran three read options that didn't even fool me sitting at home, <laughs> let alone fool yeah. a great defense like Virginia Tech. And they just. I don't think they know what kind of team they are right now, and it's not going to serve them well in a tough ACC. I, I say tough, and there's only two or three good teams in the ACC, but I don't really have much more to say about Florida State except that they're a bad team. I think that Virginia Tech is a good team that showed they're a good team last night, and it's Beamer Ball, man. They're still they're still playing Beamer Ball. That's all I was thinking when I was watching that game. It was a blocked punt. They had a big return on special teams to take them inside the 20 at one point. All I was thinking was if Frank Beamer could only see this right now, he would be so proud. And the score winds up being 24 to 3 and that's just the prototypical Frank Beamer game. Virginia Tech's good. I think they're like a 9-win team. I mean, I think they're solid. I think that game was more about Florida State. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I am worried about DeAndre Francois because he did not look good running out of the pocket the other night. I mean, he just looked slow. I think, he, I mean, to be fair, I, I think he might be scared a little bit. Oh, sure. Because he's, he's yeah. worried about re-injuring himself. But you can't be anymore. You, you can't be scared of getting re-injured because if you're— something my dad tells me all the time. If you're scared of getting hurt— you will never play the same way again, and you will only hurt yourself more. Yeah. But that's that's a problem that they need to figure out for themselves. Another massive ACC disappointment. I wonder where this could be going. Where could this be going? Miami Hurricanes, what are you doing? What What was that? That was terrible. By the way, Malik Rozier looked awful. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> he looked terrible. He looked, speaking of quarterbacks holding their teams back, my God, he looked awful. And I think the other thing we learned about Miami is that that defense is just not the same when they're getting when they're not getting turnovers. It's not that defense lives off of turnovers. They're very feast or famine. You look at their last two games that they've played last year to this year. They only had one turnover against Wisconsin, gave up thirty four points. Zero turnovers against LSU, gave up thirty three. Could have been more because LSU kicked two field goals inside the five yard line. So 
that game probably wasn't even as close as the box score indicated. It was 33-17. LSU was up 33-3. I think LSU might be a little better than we thought, but, I mean, Miami, my God. And they dropped, They almost dropped out of the rankings, and honestly, they would have been justified to just have been totally unranked this week because they just did not look good at all. They They put up 17 points against a 25th-ranked team, and like you said, that might be because LSU was underrated coming into the season, and now they're showing us what they are and what they can be. But I just think it's more that Miami's not a very good team and that they're overrated. You said it, and I was talking to you about it before the show. I can't remember who I talked to over the weekend about this Miami team, but voters got roped into the turnover chain hype of last season, and that's all they could remember about voting this year, and they didn't watch their last four or five games of last season and realized that their offense isn't really good, Malik Rozier is not a good quarterback, and this team just doesn't have what it takes to be an elite team. Yeah, and they... After the Notre Dame game last year? I thought that they were going to go set the world on fire and win the Me national too. championship. Me too. They looked like the best team in the country. And then they looked terrible. They looked awful. They barely beat UVA. Lost on the road to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh. Awful. Awful. Won four, games, five, four or five games last year. And then they lose to Clemson and then to Wisconsin. Every time they've played a good team, it, they just, they don't, it doesn't happen for them. And I just, like you said, I think people bought into the hype of, oh, they wear a gold chain on the sidelines. That's funny. They That's get, cool. They get really excited yeah. and jump around and dance. They were ranked second in the country going into Thanksgiving weekend last year. Second in the country. I mean, the only team that the voters thought was better than them was Alabama. And that was, I don't want to say it was all hype, but I think a lot of it was hype. Although, in fairness, they looked incredible in that Notre mm-hmm. Dame game. But again, when they don't get the turnovers... They're just not as good of a defense. And if you look at the best defenses around the country, the Washingtons, the Wisconsins, the Michigans, they can live without getting those turnovers because they're going to get stops. Miami has a lot harder of a time getting those stops. And that's what that's what killed them against LSU. And Malik Rogier, every throw that he missed, it, it was like putting a knife through my heart. It was like he missed it high, he missed it wide, he missed it short. It was like everything. And I don't know who else they have over there but I think it might be worth giving it a shot real soon. I absolutely agree with you. I think they need to evaluate what they have at the quarterback position because if they want to accomplish anything this season, they might need to make that change. So looking forward to this week, let's get into the rankings that came out. It was yesterday or today, correct? It was yesterday. Uh, yesterday, yeah. yeah. Um, no surprises in the top three. Still Alabama, Clemson, Georgia. Alabama looks to have figured out their quote-unquote quarterback controversy that really was never once a controversy. We all knew to a Tagovailoa. I got it it this week. There we are. And we we knew that he would be the starter. Jalen Hurts is kind of just going to come in whenever they feel like it and just do whatever. We're not going to talk about it, Matt, so quit asking. Quit asking. (laughs) Yeah, that that wasn't great. I'm glad he came out and apologized, but you could have handled that a lot better, Nick Saban. Um Ohio State jumping Wisconsin. I mean, I guess that'll happen when you put up 77 points, uh, especially without Urban Meyer. And I liked <laughs> I liked hearing from the Rutgers head coach saying 
when he was asked about if he has any advantage of not having Urban Meyer on the sideline, he responded, they just put up 77 points without him. There is no advantage. <laughs> I know, right? He's, yeah, like, come on. He's coming in come ready on. to know that he's going to get blown out. I like the honesty, though, from somebody who's, you know, the Rutgers head coach yeah. to sit there and say, yeah, we're probably going to get killed. Yeah, we're going to get... We're gonna get the snot kicked out of us this week, but um, I thought they did. I thought the voters did a good job with Washington, dropping them to nine, losing to a good Auburn team. Can't really debate that. That was a good game. Yeah, that, that was, was a a, that was a really good game. It was. I wouldn't necessarily call it exciting because it wasn't. No, but Washington missed some chances. Like, yeah, a lot of the they dominated for large portions of that game. They probably should have won, but. I think there might be something wrong with Jake Browning because he didn't look really good, and he might be hurting his draft stock, but. That's a topic for a different day. Well, that's what we said last week. That was going to be it. I mean, for them. Yeah. And, yeah. Didn't look great. Oklahoma moves up to number six following some some jumping around. Notre Dame's up to number eight, like we mentioned. LSU all the way up to number 11. Virginia Tech all the way up to number 12. Penn State dropping out of the top 10 after a near catastrophe against Appalachian State on the 11th anniversary of their biggest upset against Michigan. Appalachian State always shows out week one. Like, I, why are you still scheduling them? Seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I guess it's good competition. I suppose. I don't know. But TCU yeah. moves up to number 16 after not being ranked last week. It's a little surprising. Yeah, but, I mean, they... They took care of business. Some teams moved around around them. It's not. I mean, TCU's a good team until they prove otherwise. Obviously, which right? They probably will. But you know, I mean, I I believe they're in, solid. I believe in Kenny Hill. Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big Gary Patterson guy. I don't know how big a Kenny Kenny Hill guy I am. <laughs> <laughs> I love Gary Patterson though. He's a really good coach. Michigan and Miami coming in at 21 and 22 respectively. We said it a few times. They both could have easily fallen out of the rankings with how awful they looked. They're lucky a lot of teams below them didn't do much, and they brought in a few unranked teams, so they couldn't really move them any further down. Uh, Jenny, what surprised you this week out of these rankings? Not too much, really. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't drop Miami all the way out. Uh, Florida State dropped out. They got eight votes. Uh, that came behind NC State, Ole Miss. By the way, good for Ole Miss. They had a really good win against Texas A&M, I thought. Yes, they did. That was um, a great game. Yeah. Uh, UCF, I thought, would move up maybe a little more, more because they knocked the you-know-what out of UConn, and they looked incredible. And some morons on Twitter are already saying that Josh Heupel could be better than Scott Frost, which, oh, geez. chill out. Let's not go Let's not go there. But, yeah, that was a big win. I uh, maybe thought USC could stand to drop maybe another spot just because they looked kind of iffy against UNLV. I thought Penn State would maybe drop a little bit more as well. West Virginia looked really good. They only jumped three spots. They they handled their business against they Tennessee. They really did. Largely in a road environment, they took care of it. Uh, but the rest of this is, is pretty much what you would expect. I maybe wasn't expecting Ohio State to leapfrog Wisconsin, but it really, it really doesn't matter. And we still have that one first-place voter for Wisconsin who we've ID'd. It was Bob Asmussen out of uh, Illinois. Voted for Wisconsin. That's Jimmy one. Sullivan's new hero, ladies and oh, gentlemen. Oh yeah, I, we're gonna give him a follow on Twitter. Like, don't even worry about it. Like, I think believe the, me. I think the real question coming out of last week is: Is Texas back? <laughs> uh, I think it's safe to say no. No, no, no. Yeah, Texas is a hundred percent not back. Speaking of, like, we were talking about Harbaugh. Like, it's it's gonna creep up on Tom Herman really quickly down there if he doesn't get this turned around. I mean, you've lost now twice to Maryland. Granted, this year it was a spirited effort because of Jordan McNair and them honoring him and coming out with 10 on the field, which I thought was a really nice touch. That was but a very nice gesture. I appreciated that. 
but you still got to win that game. Absolutely. You're the 23rd ranked team in the country, and you're going into Maryland, who is maybe a bowl team, maybe not. You got to win that game. And they didn't do it. So, no, Texas is not back. Um, I think we can keep replaying the clip over and over again of, of Joe Tessitore two years ago after they beat Notre Dame going, Texas is back, folks. But they're not back. They're not back. They're, I don't I don't see it with them. I mean, that was just – that's incredible. Yeah, they don't really – they, they don't have much that excites me. No. Sam, Sam Ellinger could be good. Eh, maybe. Maybe. So let's let's look forward to this weekend's games. There's not really much. It's always we always come off the hype off of a wonderful week one. The schedulers do a great job getting everyone excited for the college football season by scheduling really really good games, and then we come into week two, and it's it's always weak, which we expect. There are still decent enough games to watch, and it'll still be an exciting weekend. I think easily. Far and away, the best game is going to be USC Stanford going at Stanford. Um, I got to admit, I didn't see the USC game. It didn't cross my mind to watch it. Apparently, they looked all right, didn't look great. But I did watch the Stanford game, and they looked pretty good. I think Bryce Love is the truth, and even though he didn't do a lot last week, no, he did not. Um, not as much as Jonathan Taylor did, which is yes, he did, which is running back rankings now. Yes, he did. So. I guess we'll see what happens there. So, Jimmy, what do you think about about a really important Pac-12 game this early in the season? It is very important. USC won this game by, I think, three touchdowns last year on the same weekend, but this is a USC team like we were talking about last week. They lost Ronald Jones. They lost some other skill position guys. JT Daniels sort of went up and down that UNLV game. I think Stanford wins. Uh, they are at 10 now. USC is ranked 17. I think Stanford wins. I think Bryce Love's going to have a big game. And I think the thing with Stanford now is they finally figured out that quarterback position because they went two years in limbo after Kevin Hogan left. And now KJ Costello has stepped in, and he's the guy. He's going to make enough plays, I think, for them to win. I think that defense is going to play really well, too. I think Stanford wins 31-17. to 17. I think they win comfortably. Yeah, I think I, I picked Stanford to go to the Rose Bowl before the season. I think they're right. really good, yeah. That's that's interesting. I'm not sure if it's going to be that wide of a margin because, I mean, it's not officially a rivalry game, but how can it not be? It's two of the best teams in the Pac-12 over the past 10 years, and it's it's going to play out very importantly in, in their standings of who's going to go to a, a championship game, of who's going to be in college football playoff contention, who's going to be a national championship contention, and... I think it's going to be close. I'm not going to go as far as to pick a score like Jimmy. You're you're going above and beyond, my friend. But yeah, we got to find the uh, we got to find the line on this game. <laughs> so I'm willing to say that Stanford wins by a touchdown. That's pretty much all yeah, I'm willing fair. to go. That's right. Uh, like you said, I think that their quarterback position is handled. I think that Bryce Love will show out and will show that he is the Heisman contender that we all know and love. He is, and. I, I think you actually hit the nail on the head. David Shaw defenses are very good, yeah, and they, are. they will do everything in their power to to stop this USC team. Yeah, and JT Daniels is a young guy, hasn't seen some of those looks yet as well. It's sort of like going up, not as good, but it's like going up against the Belichick defense in the NFL. So I think Stanford will win. Stanford will win comfortably. They are favored by five and a half. I just saw, so that that'll be interesting. But yeah, I think I think Stanford wins it going away, and I think they're. To me, the second best team in the back twelve behind Washington. 
And I guess the only other game that's worth talking about, I know that the ESPN game of the week is Florida is uh, Florida State, not Florida State. It's Clemson, Clemson and, and A&M. Yeah. I think the only other game we're talking about is the Georgia-South Carolina game. Uh, I mean, I think we all know how that's going to go. It might be a little closer than people think, but come on. Georgia's going to win. <laughs> yeah, Georgia's going to win. I think they're going to win easily, just as I think Clemson is going to handle business with A&M. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, granted, going to Kyle Field, the, ten- the 12th man, Jimbo Fisher is a new is a new aspect in that game. But I still think Clemson is going to handle their business, handle it easily. Yeah, and they, they've had experience with that before because they went into a nutty atmosphere at Louisville last year and smacked them around. And oh, that's because they were mad about the previous well, year. Well, that, that too, yeah. And they were sort of disrespected and they were probably ranked a little low and, and all that other stuff that doesn't really matter. But I think Clemson takes care of business. I don't think it's going to be an issue with them. Texas A&M is probably a year away or two years away. Jimbo Jimbo Fisher is going to be really good for them, but not right now. And I think Georgia Carolina, I actually think Georgia Carolina could be a little closer than people think, but not a lot closer. I don't see it going down to like the last drive of the game. Could it be like maybe one possession going into the fourth quarter? Yeah, but Georgia's just going to rip rip out your living guts basically in the fourth quarter because that running game, I mean, it's going to take a toll on you. So, yeah, I like Georgia a lot in that game. And then other than that, I mean, it's sort of, it's kind of a quiet weekend. Another interesting game is Penn State-Pitt. Penn State's coming off the overtime game against Appalachian State. I think they'll take care of business, but could be that, could be interesting. And that's that's a, that's actually an in-state rivalry. I know I got a lot of a lot of friends back home that go to Penn State, that go to Pittsburgh, and they always turn up for the rivalry game. It's... It's a little animosity between them too, for almost no reason. Not, yeah, that's weird. Not conference rivals, not really talent-wise level levels of rivalry either. I mean, Penn State usually dominates Pittsburgh. Usually, although usually. two years two years ago Pittsburgh got them before yeah. they were like really good. Before they were good, before everyone realized, oh my God, Saquon Barkley. Yeah, pretty much. And before yeah. Trace McSorley really came into his own. Yeah, so that that'll be an interesting game, but. I think Penn State wins. I don't see any really like huge upsets this no, weekend, honestly. Yeah. But of course, these are the weekends when all the big upsets happen oh, when course. you don't see it coming. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna come in next week and realize how wrong we were, and the world's gonna be on fire around us. But other than that, it'll be great. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, just another wonderful weekend of college football ahead of us, ladies and gentlemen. We are out of time for this week. For Jimmy Sullivan, I'm Matt Costantini. Come back next week. Thank you very much.